0: Today is Monday, February 12th, and welcome to episode 296 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm NSI's founder and executive director, Jamil Jaffer. I'm joined today by NSI's deputy executive director, Jessica Jones, and senior fellows Lester Munson and Morgan Venia. Today, we are talking about the comments over the weekend by former President Donald Trump running for re-election in South Carolina, where he... Uh, talked about the challenges that the United States faces with its NATO allies, uh, arguing that they are simply not paying up or paying enough or whatever it might be uh, with respect to their defense commitments, and made the point that because he didn't believe the Europeans were doing their part, he was not going to defend them uh, if attacked by Russia. And even better, not only was he not going to defend them if they were attacked by Russia, but that he would encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever it wants. This obviously comes in the context of the now infamous Tucker Carlson interview of Vladimir Putin, where he patiently explained that Russia has been around since 800 uh, AD. Um, not true, by the way. Um, and in fact, that it was Poland's fault, Poland's fault that Hitler invaded Poland. Uh, because of course, if the Poles had just been more accommodating and uh, given <laughs> Hitler what he wanted in part in Poland, uh, it would have all just been fine. So you got Vladimir Putin and Tucker Carlson on one side. Donald Trump on the other side and everyone is freaking out. Oh, yeah, and by the way, Kansas Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Why would Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. Why would you do that? It all happened. All right. Jessica Jones. Oh, great. You clearly say
1: tossing it to me after a 49ers loss. That's that's a hard morning. Um Ooh. well, so it's actually funny, you know, the dichotomy you've got Trump in and the conversation with Putin, because I will admit I did not watch the interview. I read about it from a number of sources. Uh, and when I heard that he started the interview saying he would speak a minute or 30 seconds about the history of Russia and it turned into 30 minutes, I said, that's why I'm out. But it sounds eerily like a Donald Trump move, right? You've got an interview that kind of goes off the rails where you're allowing the interviewee to say whatever they really want. There's not a lot of challenging. And you've got a moderator, Tucker Carlson, unable to ring them in. Right, you've got Putin taking it right, or and, well, I mean, after well, it in fairness, he
2: he tried to rein him in and failed utterly. I think that was the real story of the interview. Sorry, same Jones. with Go Donald
1: ahead. Trump. Right, you've got kind of the same play out, which which I find you know kind of funny, um, but uh, it's no surprise kind of Donald Trump's comments cuz from our man on the street interviews we we get a sense that Americans do want to engage in the world but we want to know what we're paying for and i think we're paying a lot and so Donald Trump is great at finding those little talking points that really resonate you know all nato needs to pay up before we do anything and it's really on them and and that resonates and it resonates in the interviews before we even talking about Donald Trump and so it's no surprise that those comments make the headlines and you see people kind of sh- probably nodding their heads like yeah that makes sense
0: Yeah, no, Jess, look, I think you're right. I mean, Donald Trump's message is obviously resonating. Uh, but my, what I think is concerning me, um, is that, is that you don't, you not only have the situation where Donald Trump's message about Europe is resonating, but his message about, about Russia and its rules is resonating. You've got conservatives, uh, you know, picking up the sort of the Tucker Carlson messaging. Morgan, what do you make of all this in the context of, of sort of, you know, the world falling apart and conservatives not playing their traditional role of being the National Security Hawks?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, look, Tucker Carlson is a dilettante. It's not a shock that he's enabling Putin. It's a desperate attempt to legitimize him. Look, he, t- he's no longer with Fox News. He needs to make money. Doing these sorts of shock and awe interviews is just really a sort of a pathetic attempt on his part to try to stay relevant, right? I think the more important story, as, as you noted here, is Trump saying that, you know, he would violate NATO's North Atlantic Treaty by not enforcing Article 5, um, which essentially states that an attack on one is an attack on all, um, if NATO allies don't pay. So it's not exactly, actually clear what he's referring to by saying that NATO allies aren't paying. Um, they're not paying into regular or a peacekeeping budget like like the United Nations. You know, this really isn't intended to scare our allies, um, who, quite frankly, should be paying more. I agree with that. They should their defense budgets should be more robust. But as with all things with Donald Trump, you know, he goes way overboard when it really comes to sort of, you know, our national security solutions, so to speak. Um, I will say that the NATO alliance is. Particularly with Ukraine, is really being led by the United States. It has stood as the bulwark of ensuring that Russia has not taken over Ukraine. Um, We should not be stepping back from these commitments. Um, If Ukraine falls, you know, Russia wins, the West loses. This is a zero-sum game here. So let's what about
0: that? I mean, you know, Donald Trump has not only talked about not backing up the Article Five commitment in the NATO charter, uh, but he's actually talked about when he was president about getting out of NATO altogether, and so. You know, it would be, this would all be funny if there was some old doddering former president. It's just an old doddering candidate for president. He might actually be the president. Um, is Trump really going to pull out of NATO and, and, and not uphold Article 5? And by the way, it's worth noting the only time Article 5 has actually been enforced ever in history was after the United States was attacked on 9 11 and all of our NATO allies came alongside us and defend us. We've never actually had to go to war under article. Five. what do you make of all this? Well,
2: Jamil, I think it would make uh, all of this debate makes as much sense if I came out and said, you know, Taylor Swift's halftime show was fantastic. And the fact that she was given the MVP of the Super Bowl really is amazing. Wasn't that cool? What a wonderful event last night. I feel like we're all delusional and just talking about things that don't really matter. Yes, NATO allies should be spending more on their own defense. That is true. Encouraging Russia to invade them because they don't is bananas and crazy, uh, trying to get out of the NATO alliance is completely against American values and interests and is bananas and crazy. Notably, Congress passed a law last year that says if the president tries to pull out of NATO, he needs to submit that decision as a treaty to the Senate, uh, which the Senate would then have to approve. I think possibly creating a constitutional crisis uh, of, of monumental proportions if this actually happens, which I don't think it will. Uh, But I really feel like, you know, once you once you throw on the Tucker Carlson uh, non interview of Vladimir Putin, who gives some lunatic history monologue uh, about my cousin, Prince Rurik from Sweden, who started Russia, you know, twelve hundred years ago. What what are we talking about? People, can we come back to the real world and start talking about the things that actually matter? That would be so
0: refreshing. Well, and by the way, don't forget that Donald Trump yesterday during the Super Bowl claimed credit for all Taylor Swift's success. So we got that going for us. Well, you know, and her in fairness, she won the MVP award. So (laughs) that makes perfect sense. He's now responsible for a Super Bowl MVP. Wow. Well, folks, that's a wrap. Thanks so much to Devlin, Bernie, Claude Jennings, the NSI staff, for their help in producing today's episode. Join us again on Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, for another episode of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you smart fast on the National Security and Foreign Policy debates, Shaking Up America. Fault Lines is now on YouTube. So check out our channel for a video of today's episode. If you like what you saw or heard, uh, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Have a great Monday.